0: again to the perimeter church podcast all the professional sports leagues have a preseason whether you call it spring training or organized team activities they all have a time of preparation when the team comes together to review and renew before taking on a new challenge we need to do the same in our faith walk Lead teacher Randy Pope continues the new series, Faith Walking, with this message entitled, Getting Prepared for a Faith Walk, which covers Joshua chapters 4 and 5. Thank you for joining us today. Fifteen years ago,
1: I had the opportunity, a very unique opportunity, to go into Mongolia for what was considered to be the first major Christian training of the small number of Christian pastors in that country. If you know anything about Mongolia, there's only one city in the whole country. And beyond that city, it is just remote territory. And we were out in the far lands of Mongolia doing this training. And we had to walk. uh, went by horseback part of the way. We were walking uh, part of the way. And, And one day, we had to take a long journey uh, to the place that we would be uh, training. And we had to cross a very dilapidated swinging bridge. Never forget it. it uh, and when I say dilapidated, it was scary. Uh, there were rungs of the, of the uh, foot uh, area that were out totally. And uh, to take some steps, you had to go good distance to get to the next. I mean, it was, uh, it was scary for me to go over that. We were in the middle of the training, and that night a word came sent to us that a, a dear uh, friend of this church, a member of our church, and uh, in our neighborhood, friend had uh, suddenly passed away, and that I needed to get back and get a, uh, a radio um, phone conversation uh, back to figure out what we were going to do and so forth and so on, and it was just a, a tragic time here in the life of our church, and so they said, we need to go back. As we're going back, it hit me, i got to go back across that bridge. And we got to that bridge, and it was so dark, I couldn't see a foot in front of me. And I remember stopping and saying, I don't know if I can get across this thing. One of the Mongolians said, hmm, you stay next to me. And I hung next to him, and he'd say, step now. Step, big step, now. Take this step, take that step. And we got across that bridge, and I remember being so relieved that, fact, We had made it across the bridge. You look back on that now and I think, you know, it's very much like a faith walk with the Lord. A lot of reality is that we are in the midst of our our darkness of unknown. We have to take a faith walk. And the closer we are to our Jesus, the safer that journey becomes, no doubt about it. We're a people who are so used to a sight walk that the very thought of having to take a faith walk is somewhat scary. And so what we're doing over these weeks, starting last week and now moving through this week, three more weeks following, we're going to be talking about how do you find a walk that is what we would call a faith walk that we start moving further and further away from the sight walk and start moving into what we will call faith walking. Let me give you a definition of faith walking. Faith walking is believing the word of God, submitting to the will of God, acting as if God had already done what he had promised, and then waiting on God while experiencing supernatural peace. As we think about that, we're, we're uh, going to be doing this series in conjunction with Perimeter's 12th, what we've called through the years, a ministry and campus development project. This is our 12th. This is going to take us through our 40th year. And so for all of Perimeter family... Guests, you'll appreciate this, I hope, but for you that are Perimeter family, know this. This is a time that we do every three years or so that draws us back to start thinking about what does it mean to live by faith, and particularly as we apply it to our finances. Now, I know that uh, when guests hear this, they think, oh, we're here talking about money. This is not a series about money. This is going to be a series going into the Old Testament and watching a people of faith as they develop, Israel, just like you and me, used to sight walking, constantly dealing with the consequences of sight walking. And then God begins to teach them more and more and more about what it means to faith walk. And they begin to faith walk, little bit by little bit. You begin to see the things that happen. Then we come to the New Testament in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, and it points back to these very episodes that we're looking at, and says, now this has been done for your example to teach us what does it mean to live by faith. Last week I talked about how uh, Hebrews 11:6, without faith it's impossible to please God. Faith is the thing that pleases our God. And I'm convinced that you and I want to give our great God a wonderful gift of faith. And at the very end of your and my life, we want to stand before our holy God and be able to say, I lived a life of faith. I am wrestling constantly through this series with my job as your pastor. And I think, God, what's going to happen when the flock that you've given me leadership over for this season of life enter into your presence I want them to know, regardless of where they walk, that they heard constantly that this is the way of God. This is the way of God. This is the way of God. And, folks, there's an area that touches our finances, I'm telling you, that is touching every one of us in our faith walk. Carol and I keep saying, to the degree that we've learned to deal with faith in our finances, to that degree we tend to find faith in our life. It can hardly find a better illustration, example, a means of finding faith built in one's life than looking at something so tangible as our finances. And so without apology, we're going to be touching on that. I said last week, I'm going to keep saying this, I'm teaching this not to get something from you because, oh, this is our three years and we need to get all this money. Well, folks, that's not it. I've told our leadership the day that this church needs no more money for further expansion, any new primary ministries coming up, whatever it is, you keep having, when I'm long dead and gone, you keep having every three years at least some kind of stretching challenge to give our finances because we need it. There's something that happens in the heart of man when we begin to yield in that most primary area of our resources. We've been calling... Each five-year link of this is something different. And this five years, we're into what we call all-in, all-in to go all-out. And this all-in effort had a two-year phase we're just now completing, and now we're launching into the three-year that takes us in to the 40th. We talk about not wanting something from you, but want something for you. And therefore, I put up two points, I'm going to go over them again this week, that I think are very important. One, there is a certain kind of spiritual growth that comes only as a result of the adventure of giving. Number two, without periodic challenges regarding our faith walk, especially as it relates to our giving, we will tend to revert to sight walking. Now, I'm going to bring application each week at the end to the area of our finances. I'm going to be focusing on one promise. This is a promise that for most of you who have been a part of the church, it's not a new promise. You've probably heard this most of your Christian life. For you that are new, you that are just seeking the faith and don't understand much of the Bible, this promise is one you got to know. I'm going to put it up. It's out of Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. And this is how it reads. It says, "'Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse,' so that there may be food in my house. And test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Without going through the text in detail, basically there is a promise and there's a condition. The promise is I'll open the windows of heaven and pour out blessing until there's no more need. I'll rebuke the devourer so it will not destroy the fruits of your land. We can take that personally and understand God says, look, you do this. The condition, bring the whole tithe, which means tenth. Bring it in the storehouse. For many, many, many of us, that is something that is beyond our imagination. How could I ever do that? And I'll tell you, I'm going to teach you how through these next three three weeks. This week and the next three. We're going to learn how do you walk by faith doesn't mean that you're all going to come to the point of tithing. But we're going to take a faith journey. And my prayer is God use this, that we might step a step further. Because I know that many of us are going to stand before our God one day and we're going to say, why didn't I do it? Why? I missed such blessing in my life. And I went through all this stuff. Why? By the way, this is not prosperity theology. Prosperity theology that we're so familiar with. You give a dollar, and you'll get two, three, four, five, ten back. That's not the teaching of Scripture. That is believing in prosperity, in the blessing of lifestyle. Nowhere does the does the Bible promise lifestyle prosperity. What it teaches us is life prosperity. And which means that perhaps For God to bless some of us, he'll take some of our money away from us, some of our resources. He might delete some of them for our good. But the key is we want to walk through life blessed, do we not? And we want to walk walk into the presence of God with his applause to the way we live. And so that's my job, to help train and equip you through these few weeks. And I pray God use this in our lives. Let's pray to that end right now. Our Father in heaven, as we walk uh, through the text of this day, we pray, would you take us into a stretch of our faith, cause us to walk by faith. I pray that for me, for Carol. Pray it for my kids. I pray it for my church family, for all of us, God. Take us into a real journey through these weeks, and we pray there would be great blessings, certainly. But more important, we pray, would there be honor to you, our King and our God. We ask this in the great name of Christ our Savior. Amen. Amen. Last week we looked at the first of our teaching, which is faith walking when it seems impossible. We walked through Numbers 13 and 14, and we looked at principle number one of five. Faith walking focuses on the will of God rather than the insurmountable obstacles. And so I closed last week, and I said, let's everybody think, what is what is something you believe to be the will of God? And you're just finding it very, very difficult to be able to embrace and obey. And let's take that and hold that up as that which we're going to tackle through these five weeks. I hope you've come up with whatever that area is. I encourage you, add to it the area of financial giving, generous giving, if that's a challenge. Put that in the list. But whatever, let's focus on a few things. And let's see what God does in those arenas. This week, we're talking about getting prepared for the faith walk. And we're going to look at principle number two. It goes like this. Faith walking requires significant time alone with God. How in the world do we come to know the will of God? And once we come to know the will of God... How do we trust God for those things that everything in us says it's insurmountable? I cannot do it. If you right now think you, you can't break away from alcohol, addiction, drug addiction? If you say it's insurmountable to hear God say, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church, and say, can't do that. And if you're saying in the depth of your heart, I, I can't quit worrying, there's no way that I can stop the intensity of worry that's gripping me every single day, I cannot do that, I'm a Christian, but, well, we have to first keep our eyes on the will of God, but secondly, we have to spend a lot of time alone with God, not just to discern what is God's will, but then to be able to half what we're going to see today take place in our lives. There are going to be three episodes in Joshua chapter 4 and 5. If you have your Bibles, turn to Joshua chapter 4. This is nearing the end of 40 years of wandering in the desert as the Israelites have been disobedient to God. God said, I give you a land. It's a land I've promised to you. I will give it to you. Now just go in and take it. And so they develop a team of 12 spies to go in and check out the land One from every tribe, including Joshua and Caleb, the two good guys, as it turns out. They come back with a report and the ten say, oh boy, it's a wonderful land flowing with milk and honey. Oh boy, the fruit, you've never seen the likes of it. However, the people are so big, they are so fortified, the cities are so strong, there's no way that our band that's been wandering through this desert area coming into this place now are going to be able to be able to take it. There's no way. The first city we got to go to is Jericho. It has walls like you've never seen in your life. How would we ever defeat this place? So, two of them though, Joshua and Caleb. They come back and say, "Oh, we can do it because God says we can." I don't know how we're going to do it, but we can do it. Let's let's at least pursue to do it and the majority wins. And so for 40 years its consequences walking in the desert they're wandering around now the generation has died god has said only two will go in that's going to be Joshua and Caleb and so there's now a new generation that comes up and there're going to be three episodes we're going to look at very quickly and i'm going to put these three words up young people kids note these three It'd be a great remembering tool here memorials sacraments and theophany theos means god the appearance of god theophany These three episodes are going to mark how you and I are going to endeavor to make our faith walk actually work. Here they are. Let's look at the first of the three of these episodes. The faith walk must first reflect on God's power. All right, so what we're saying, and this is going to be chapter 4, we won't read it all, but chapter 4 is basically giving us a sight into these Israelites. What had to take place first is they had to realize we're facing an obstacle that is beyond our sight ability to figure out how we're going to get there. Don't know how to do it. Therefore, the first thing we've got to do is start remembering and reflecting on how great God's power is because I'm thinking in mind of what I can do myself with my resources and abilities, what I can accomplish, and I've come to the place to say, I don't think I can do it. So the first thing is to say, all right, we need to lift up and reflect upon the great power of our God. And so in verses 1 through 8, we see a memorial is to be established. In chapter um, 4, verses 1 through 3, we read this. Now, when all the nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourself 12 men from the people, one man from each tribe. Sound familiar? Command them, saying, Take up for yourselves 12 stones from here out of the middle of the Jordan. Now, God had stopped the waters, just like the Red Sea. Very similar episode here. From the place where the priest's feet are standing firm, And carry them over with you and lay them down in the lodging place where you will lodge tonight. Now, if we move down now to verses 6 and 7, it says, Let this be a sign among you. Remember the word sign. The word sign signify. So that when your children ask later, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall say to them, Because the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord when it crossed the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall become a memorial to the sons of Israel forever. If we were to scoot down to verse 20, I won't show it to you on the text, but uh, they're now at Gilgal, a place called Gilgal. This is on the west bank of the Jordan. It's probably about four or five miles. From the city of Jericho, the first city they have to attack, Jericho, the great walls of Jericho. Now in verses 9 through 20, again, I won't read it, he says, let's do it a second time. I want there to be two memorials. This is a little odd. Take now the stones and stack them in the middle of the the river, and the waters will cover them up, but it will always be there as a memorial. And he says, for the kids, and they say, hey, kids, kids, you see, see the water there? Right there. That's where it is. If you were to go down there, you would see these rocks. They are stacked as a remembrance, just like the ones that are over here on the bank. You see those? Oh, yeah, mom, dad, what, what are those? Oh, let me tell you, kids, God showed his power. These waters literally parted. And the stones that you see there came out of the water themselves. And in those waters right now, if you were to go down there, you would see them stacked with stones. It's a remembrance that God does whatever he says he'll do. He has power beyond imagination. And it's just a way to remember. It was a memorial, just simply a memorial. Parents, I'm going to encourage you, develop memorials. Develop memorials in your life with your children. To be able to turn back and say, hey, kids, do you remember when? You may not remember this, but, and you tell the stories of where God met you in particular ways. If you looked at the the stories that Carol and I have, I I bet 90% of them have to do with money. You know, we chose to do this, and we didn't have this, and we asked God to do that, and this is what happened, and... You remember when this happened, don't you? Do you know why that happened? It's because this happened, and it's a way to say to the kids, God is great. He does whatever He says He'll do. Trust Him for His promises. The importance of memorials. We're going to do something next week that's going to be very interesting. We're going to be handing out coins. And all of our kids, you're going to get one for your children if they're old enough to understand. You're going to take one, kids are going to take one. It's going to be a memorial. You're going to see how we're going to use it. It's going to be a very encouraging exercise. But we want our kids to get this. Our God is a great, great God. Now, as we look at the second episode, the word was sacraments. Second episode, God is going to use sacraments to force them to claim God's promises. See, once you understand the power of God, then you say, well, what does this God say? So you first think about what are, what are the attributes of God, inclusive of his power, and you get a big, 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 big view of God. You're blessed to be in a church, I'll tell you this, that has a high view of God. You know, today what's happening in churches throughout the world is the view of God is lowered. He's not so sovereign. He doesn't decree. He doesn't this. He does. He's now less, less, less. And, man, more, more, more. We used to be, oh, man, was so broken in sin. Now we're good people. And so what we're doing is we're just trying to do this. No, 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 no. We want to understand the great gap between our Creator God and who we are. But there's a promise that he gives us. And so God wants these Israelites to understand the promise. And so this is how he helps them do that. First. He's going to move from two piles of stones to two sacramental reminders, sacraments. Number one in your outline, you see the people are circumcised, chapter 5, 1 through 9. Let me read Joshua 5, 2, and then 4 and 5. It goes like this. That time the Lord said to Joshua, make for yourselves flint knives and circumcise again the sons of Israel the second time. This is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the people who came out of Egypt who were males, all the men of war died in the wilderness along the way after they came out of Egypt. For all the people who came out were circumcised. But all the people who were born in the wilderness along the way, as they came out of Egypt, they had not been circumcised. Move to the next passage. In verse 8, it says, Now when they had finished circumcising all the nation, they remained in their places in the camp until they were healed." Now, this is an interesting story. Do some of you remember the story of Genesis 34 where the people of Shechem were, uh, it, it's a story of, it, maybe you best remember it this way. God uh, used the Israelites to kind of trick the, uh, the people of Shechem and made a deal with them and they had to be circumcised. And then when they were circumcised, they couldn't fight and they go in and they destroy them while they're circumcised. It was kind of a trick pulled on them. Can you imagine what these people thought when they're right there four, five miles from Jericho, right in the shadow of their enemy, and God says, I want you to be circumcised. All you warriors, do you know in a moment after circumcision for a couple of days, you're not very well off? (laughs) Come on, guys, let's go get them. Mm -mm, Can't do it. (laughs) There would be no means whatsoever to fight. But God says, "Do it." And they must have said, "God, are you, are you sure? You remember these people are right, and they've got scouts, and they're going to they could they could find we're here and got circumcised. Go ahead, do it." And they did it. It's just as a a sign. You see, circumcision, is like baptism, it's a sign of a. You tell me what word? Sign of a what? Promise. Sign of a promise. Circumcision was all about God saying, I want you to know my promise. I'll be a God unto you. And I've promised you, I'm giving you this land. You'll be my people. I've given you the land. I've given you the land. I've given you the land. Don't forget it. The promise that goes with the the sign. The promise, the promise, the promise. Many of you watched the first episode of the five-part film series we're watching. The promise. The promise. Boy, what good conversation that brought in our group. The promises of God. But not only was there the people being circumcised, number two, the Passover is celebrated. Verses 10 through 12, we'll look at just verse 10. Verse 10 reads While the sons of Israel camped at Gilgal, they observed the Passover on the evening of the 14th day of the month on the desert plains of Jericho. Now, the Passover, obviously, is a way to look back, to remember their liberation how they'd come out of Egypt, but it was to focus also on the lamb that had to be slain, male, without blemish. It was a picture of Jesus to come. He says, now, you need to remember this. You need to remember the promise of God. God promised he'd deliver you. He did. He's promising in the future he's going to deliver you fully. He will take the table to remember all it was about. Remembering the great promises of God. So the Israelites have now reflected on God's power. They've claimed God's promises. Look at the third and final episode. They embrace God's presence. Joshua 5, 13 through 15. This is going to be the same thing that you and I will do in our minds and hearts over these next weeks. The power of God. Mmm. The promise of God. Mmm now the presence of God. In a sense, the power, we've looked at the past, what he's done. He says to the Israelites, here's the future. Here's my promise. Here's what I promise to do. Now, in the present right now, you need to think about embracing Christ. And so this is how it goes. Verses 13 through 15 reads, Now it came about when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? He said, No, rather indeed, I come now as a captain of the host of the Lord. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth, bowed down, and said to him, What has my Lord to say to his servant? The captain of the Lord's host said to Joshua, remove your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now, you know what? It's a shame that a preacher reads the text like I just read it because that's not how it took place. You know good and well, here's Joshua, and Joshua is looking over Jericho. Why do you think he's doing that? He's the captain of the Israelites. And so he's out scouting and he's checking it out and he's looking and he does, he sees something and someone's near him coming toward him. What do you think his first thought would be? Do you think he probably said, oh, by the way, are you for us or for you against us? He probably first thought was, oh my goodness, they have found me. I'm in huge trouble and probably with a great fear in the darkness, perhaps a ways away where he can't see who it is. He says... Are you for us or are you against us? Who are you? And the response is, neither. You don't get it. I'm not one of you. I'm certainly not one of them. I am your captain. Captain of the host of the Lord. That means the angelic beings. This is a theophany. He meets with Jesus right there. Could there have been anything better for one to lead the people into the darkness of the unknown, the seemingly impossible, to take down the walls of Jericho than to have had the experience of being in the presence of his Christ. It's going to be the same with you and me. If we take a faith journey and we take a good step of faith, it will be because we've come so close to Christ. It's going to be that experience that I had. We will say, Jesus, what is the next step? No, a little further. A little. F- okay. Am I okay there? Yeah, you're okay. Okay. And you'll take your faith walk. That's what God's teaching us. You've got to have all of these experiences together. You embrace his power. You truly understand his promises. And then you come into the embrace of his presence. And that's, what, that's why I say this principle number two is you spend time with God. Power, promises, presence. You ought to just say it over and over, power, promises, presence. And that's when faith begins to enlarge. And then we see the walls of Jericho and we say, okay, let's go for it. Don't know how, but let's go for it. Let me suggest that when he says, I'm captain of the host of the Lord, what he's saying is the angelic world, I'm captain of the good angels. And we're going to be fighting against some bad angels. And there's going to be a spiritual warfare going on while you see the human warfare. And I'll tell you, it's the same warfare that takes place every time a spouse deserts the one to whom they're married. Every time one of your kids rebels, I'll guarantee you, there's more than just a kid rebelling. There's something far more going on. Every time a missionary goes into a place And they find the opposite. Let me tell you, there's more going on than they think. Every time we go in to start new clinics in various global cities, I'll guarantee you there's more going on than what meets the eye. Every time we try to partner with somebody in this community that's trying to reach the hurting and broken and get the gospel to them, I'll tell you, there's something going on. But the beauty of this text is that Jesus meets us right where we need him to be. For this particular occasion, Joshua... Needed him to meet him as the captain of the host of the Lord. He was in a battle. For some of us, we are so spiritually hungry, and God says, I'll meet you as the bread of life. There's some of us that are so discouraged, He says, I'll meet you as the great encourager. There's some of us that are so misdirected, He says, Look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna meet you as the way. Whatever you're in my need is, if we're broken physically, our, our loved ones are dying or whatever it is, let me tell you, God meets us as the great physician. doesn't mean he heals everybody, but he says, I am the great physician, and I'll suggest to all of us here, let's not, let's not dread and fear the knife of our great king because he holds it in his hand as the great physician. And he's going to cut, it, and it's going it's to be some pain for us in a faith walk. But it's going to come out to healing like we can never imagine. Let me tell you, this text is too good to imagine. I mean, we got to just look at this text and say, God, thank you for giving me this story. Because that's exactly what you and I need. We got to see the great power of our God. Tithe? I could never tithe. I can't make it financially right now. I got all these debt. I got this. How in the world? What do you mean? I can't. Yeah, neither can you take the walls of Jericho, but we're going to see next week how they did it. He so said, look, would you remember me? I'm in this equation. Would you remember my promise? It's always true. And would you stick close to me? Would you draw near right now? As you take a step that's scary, but you just step and watch what God does. I think we're in for a great time. Those that will take the faith walk. And I want you to remember right now, it's because of Christ that we get to have faith because faith is a gift that he gives us. We don't create our own faith. It's a gift from him. And then when we have it, seekers, oh, let me tell you, seeker, you've been on a sight walk all your life. Your whole life has been nothing but sight, and you're being invited into something that's very different. And sight walk, you know what? It, it's kind of comfortable. It's, it, it feels good, and it seems to be all right. But God says there's a way that ends in destruction. And, you know, it's great until the destruction comes. And then the, the, the faith walk, oh, I'll tell you what, the faith walk, it's scary. The faith walk, it, it can be very, very scary, but it's an adventure. And I'll tell you, it has some, some hope and surprises of God's goodness that just blow you away. And at the end, it brings life, eternal life even. I mean, life now and eternal life then, let me tell you, folks, there's a way to go. No better way to live. I just regret that I don't live more by faith. And I pray, God, during this series, let me walk more by faith. May we as a congregation walk more by faith. As we pray together, let's pray. Father in heaven, we're going to ask you now that you would hear us as we would say, Lord, help me in my my lack of faith. Draw me into a faith walk. Lord, I want to take the journey. That's all I'll say. I want to take the journey. I don't know where the journey takes me, how it's going to affect whatever areas of my life. But God, would you this week let these three words resonate in our minds over and over and over. Your power, your promises, and your presence. And may we find as a result of this that we start taking steps we've never taken before. And we pray for our kids, for those of us that have children, Particularly, may we we have memorials to offer to them that they can see and remember and know. God, do an incredible work in this congregation over these few weeks. And we thank you and we pray in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. You've been listening to the Perimeter Church podcast. Perimeter Church is located at the corner of Highway 141 and Old Alabama Road in Johns Creek, Georgia.